the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's Arthur Idala on AM 970. The answer. This is the Arthur Idala Power Hour with quintessential New Yorker attorney Arthur Idala, New York's go to lawyer. He's here to share his stories from in the courtroom and around the city with interviews from high profile guests and everyday folks calling in to talk about everything from politics, lifestyle, health and wellness, and more. And now your host, making the case for the city he loves, attorney Arthur Idala. Here we are, Monday live at my desk at 6.04, and I'm not wearing a tie, um, which is rare. Um, well, because today is like a little holiday. Well, in Italy, it's a big holiday, and here I kind of make it a little type of a family holiday, although here I am with you guys, not wearing a tie um, and not wearing fancy shoes. Um, we call it Pasquetta, which is like little, it means little Easter. And it's basically the day you're supposed to eat all the leftovers from yesterday. I hope everybody had a, uh, those of you who are Catholic, had a great Easter. I just have to kind of make you laugh for a second on how my my Easter uh, unfolded. I um, <clears throat> Saturday night, I went to the Easter Vigil Mass, mass in um, here in, on 49th Street, 48th Street. Maybe even 47th Street, uh, right off of First Avenue in Manhattan, because my co-brother-in-law, Dr. Lawrence Haynes, who's been on this show many, many times, was baptized for the first time in his life. Oh my God. Um, Joni's here. Hi, Joni. Say hello. Are you? Are you, gotta, you gotta give me a mic. Oh, oh my okay. gosh! Congratulations, Dr. Haynes. Yes, that's was, amazing. So I went there, and then we did the eight to about ten, fifteen-ish. Uh, mass, and there were three uh, people, two uh, Lawrence and two others, who were baptized. And it's a beautiful ceremony. I mean, it was, wasn't that beautiful for a little Gerard, who's six years old, and at nine o'clock, his eyeballs were rolling back in his head because he was exhausted. Did, were your kids but, there too? No, no, no. Marianne was smart enough to they, <laughs> they hung back. So it was only uh, his godparents were my in-laws, Nanette and Jerry Bertuna, and uh, but it was it was it was a very very lovely ceremony. Uh, and then I headed back home. Got up early, and um, I took Ariana for her walk, and um, I went over to see Luca on Christmas morning. He was at his mom's. Easter morning. Easter morning. <laughs> Thank you, Joan. That's why you're here. And um, I, Luca came out. He was all dressed up. And I'm like, oh, Luca, you know, what do you want to do? And he's like, I thought we would go to church. Okay. So now we walked over to St. Anselm's from 72nd Street to 82nd Street. We walked over to St. Anselm's, and we went to 10 o'clock Mass. And Therese was singing, and she was wonderful. Now, we left a little bit before um, the Eucharist because uh, I had to get him back home, and I had to get back home. But then on the walk from Luca's house back to my house, um, with Ariana still sleeping in the stroller, I put on my cousin, Father Anthony Sorgi's uh, mass from the Easter vigil from the night before because I wanted to hear his homily. So I went through that, a big hunk of that Easter vigil. So that was my third mass of wow. Easter. 
And when I got home, Marion was all dressed with little Arthur and wanted to throw on a beautiful dress on Ariana. And we guess what we did? You went back to church. We went to 12 o'clock mass. This at is because Anselm's. you didn't go to your reconciliation right. on Monday the week prior. I'm, I mean, I'm not complaining, but it, it was pretty interesting. Uh, and then I was texting Father Sorgi. I was like, you know, I went to the vigil last night and I received communion. I'm like, you know, should I receive again today? And he, he just said yes. I didn't get the details as to why. But... um. So yeah, I did. I did basically oh four masses. What Pretty do you call cool. Father Sorgi? Do you call him by his first name? No, I usually. Well, sometimes I call him Don Antonio. Sometimes I call him Anthony. Straight up. Sometimes we call. We usually call him Father Anthony. Father Anthony. I mean, my. Okay. So yesterday, during the Easter meal that my mother-in-law threw down, this feast, I should say, I called Father Sorgi. And I put him on the phone with Lawrence, so they, he congratulated him. Then I called Masina Casada and wished him a happy Easter, and I called a bunch of people to to wish them a happy Easter. But it was a it was a beautiful day, and you know, there's something special on Easter Sunday when the weather's beautiful. And it was gorgeous. It was gorgeous. I mean, I was literally I had Ariana in the, in the stroller by I don't know nine o'clock, ten after nine. And I was out with her until we went to the twelve o'clock mass. So a solid three hours just walking the streets. No, I didn't. I didn't. But it was. Uh, it I loved it. I will say, um, when I went to the ten o'clock mass at Saint Anselm's, I, I, you know, I definitely was disappointed by how many people there. I mean, there was two hundred and seventy-five people. It's not like there was nothing there, and I know that because I see after the homily, the two ushers walk down the aisle and they count. And then there's a piece of paper in the back, and they write down. So at the 8 o'clock mass, there was 176 people. At the 10 o'clock mass, there was 275. And then Arthur and I went and looked. And at the 12 o'clock mass, there was 410. Wow. So, you know, it filled up. It's a big church on 82nd Street and 4th Avenue in Bay Ridge, Brooklyn, St. Anselm's. So it can hold a lot of people. So, it, you know, it doesn't look as crowded as, um, and you, know, you know, you would like. You know, like you would like it to be packed. Of course. Um, we have a, some, My church was actually packed. Good. My, my friend's son, Liam, served his first Easter, Easter Mass as an altar server. Oh, very so nice. So sweet. I love all of these little traditions. Mm. Um, today on the show, we have a friend of mine who uh, works in the court system. Um, and this has nothing to do with Plaza College, but he is a court reporter. And he uh, he's a very senior person over there. And I just want to get a little bit of his perspective of what it was like uh he was. He took down the um, all of the, the transcript for President Trump's uh, arraignment on uh, last week. So I just want to talk to him a little bit about like what that's like from his perspective. You've heard, you know, from Joe Tacopina what it's like from his perspective as a defense attorney. You've heard from our judges. Um, you know, I don't think I could get you the prosecutor, um, and. Um, because they're, they're probably not going to come on the radio and talk about us. Although there was a big profile of all of them, I think. I don't know if it was the New York Times. They had like a little paragraph on their five prosecutors who were working on the case. Um, but I wanted to, I, I figured, you know what? We know Randy. He's a good guy. He's a really good guy, Randy Berkowitz. Um, and so he's going to come on the show for a couple of minutes and say hello. Um, here in New York... Uh, it's a big uh, car week because um, the Javits Center is loaded with cars because it is the International Auto Show. Now, you know, there are car people and there are not car people. Um, and, you know, you guys know which side of the fence I'm on. I love when Mr. Crowley says, yeah, I know you like talking about your cars. I hate when you do that. But, you know, he's like, but if you think there's some people who are interested it's in you and people are driving right now. 
Yeah, but they want to hear about cars. Some people do, some people don't. Look, it, it all depends on um, whether whether you have it in your DNA, because I think it's a DNA thing. I do uh, want to thank profusely. Wait till you hear this. Um, Thursday was the last time we did a live show, and I I think that was when I was goofing around about Passover and the Passover yes, meal. It was either Wednesday or Thursday. Well, Friday, I get a text from Sam Bellino, who's on vacation this week, um, and he says, hey, are you around today? On Friday, he goes, you're around today or tomorrow? My mom made you a big um, Tupperware of her matzo ball soup. Oh, my goodness. So on Saturday... Um, while Arthur was in, uh, I walked 11 and a half miles with, uh, with Ariana on Saturday Whoa. in two shifts, the you morning shift and the afternoon shift. You more so you'd be here. Yeah, it was, it, was just, it was just a lot of walking. Um, I met up with Sam Bellino and his wife and his beautiful little daughter, and he hands me this big, you know, it's like one of those big uh, Tupperware things that you would get in the store. Not the pound, but I guess the two-pound one. Um, and right in front of him, it was cold, but I started sipping on it, and I was like, mmm, this is, I, this is tasty. So, you know, there is there is something to be said about the matzo ball soup. And the thing is, often th- they put too much salt in that. Yes. But they, they, that was not the case here. So I want to thank Mr. Sambolino and, and his wonderful mommy for uh, providing me with the... Um, with that, that matzo ball soup. Maybe and, we'll have them back on the show this week, and, even on vacay. No, why would we do that, Joe? Have have Matt on so why? you can talk to him about the soup directly. But he's on vacation. He wants to like forget about it. It's like he's, Diana. He's Diana here at the law firm. She, she Well played, Alex. <laughs> Thanks, Alex. Well played. Diana on, uh, from our law firm, she's away this week. And uh, she sent me a message on... When did she leave? Thursday. She sent me a message on Thursday. She's like, I'm on my way to the airport, and I made the decision not to bring my laptop, and I'm regretting it already. And I said, you know what? You absolutely should not be regretting it. I said, you know, you have so much on your plate. You did have so much on your plate, and you just got it off your plate. The Weinstein appeal, the Maxwell appeal, another appeal that she just banged out right before she left. I said, and then it's not like she doesn't have a ton of stuff waiting for her when she gets back. I said, just forget about work. You got 10 days. Forget about work. Forget about us. You're with your husband. You're with your children. You're with your children's significant others at this point in their life. Just go enjoy yourself. And so that's what we should let Sam Bellino do. Hopefully he's doing something fun. <laughs> Hopefully he's enjoying himself. And he doesn't worry about it's Alex's behind the board screaming, screwing everything up. Alex, you screwing everything up or what, buddy? Uh, not lately, but uh, give it time. No, I'm just kidding. How All right. You, thank Walter? you. I'm good, Alex. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm good. I, uh, I'm, I'm happy that you're with me this week to uh, make sure I don't mess anything up. I know, so I appreciate. Be hot to talk about this week, so we'll see. Okay, um, I am. Um, I'm going to see Springsteen tomorrow night. Looking forward to that. Uh, I'm going to the UBS Arena, so we'll see what that what that holds. Uh, we're going to talk about. Uh, you know, we covered Judge LaSalle and the fact that he did not get uh, appointed to the mm-hmm. Court of Appeals by the legislature. So the the governor appointed a or recommended or nominated, I should say, another judge. We'll talk about who that judge is and, mm-hmm. and how all of those chess pieces come together. So we are going to take a quick break with uh, Alex Garrett working the, working the music, working the boards. Uh, we're going to talk about the new judge. We're going to talk to Randy Berkowitz, who is right there recording history. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Do you struggle with occasional nerve aches in your hands or feet? Try Nervive Nerve Relief from the world's number one nerve care company. 
Nervive tablets contain alpha-lipoic acid to relieve nerve aches, weakness, and discomfort, plus B-complex vitamins to support healthy nerve function as you age. Live life with less nerve discomfort with Nervive Nerve Relief. Learn more at NerviveHealth.com. And try Nervive pain-relieving cream to block nerve pain signals at the source. Use as directed. Make sure to tune in this and every Saturday at noon to hear the lead guy, Nick DeMauro, Executive Director and CEO of LEAD, Law Enforcement Against Drugs and Violence, speak with experts, educators, and law enforcement about important issues affecting you and your children. Catch the new show, Battling Drugs and Violence, with the lead guy on AM 970 The Answer. For topical information and insights from experts waging the battle against drugs and violence in your community. All right, so let's talk about our friends at Connors and Sullivan. You know, when we're healthy, healthy, we think we don't need a power of attorney or a healthcare proxy. We think, ah, we're worried about that when we're older or when we become sick. And you know what, folks? Nothing can be further than the truth. You need to be prepared. If something happens, you may not be able to designate a power of attorney or a healthcare proxy. What happens then? Then the state or the courts may have to make those choices for you. Do you really want the uh, the doctors making your medical decisions as opposed to your significant other or someone else you want to designate? It's essential to create a power of attorney and a health care proxy as soon as you can when you are healthy and you are able to do so. So how do you accomplish that? You call Connors and Sullivan, attorneys at law. They really know their stuff because they've been doing this for 40 years. They will help you make a plan that protects you best. You're going to designate who you want to make legal decisions and medical decisions for you. So for a free in-person initial consultation with a lawyer, call our friends at Connors and Sullivan, 718-238-6500. That's 718-238-6500. Listen to AM 970, The Answer on Alexa. Tune in, iHeart or odyssey.com. I don't know who's tongue-tied, but it's definitely not me right now. So in the world of legal news, um, it was a big announcement today after the holiday week, week, weekend, week, however you want to look at it, depending on who you are. I mean, it was like it was the perfect storm around this time this year. You had Ramadan, you had Passover, and you had Easter. Um, the, my buddies uh, who celebrate Orthodox Easter, that this was their Palm Sunday, and they'll celebrate Easter next Sunday. So today, uh, Governor Hochul no- nominated a current member of the Court of Appeals. What's the highest court in the state? <clears throat> that is a seven-member court when it is complete, one chief and then six associate judges. So she had appointed, she had nominated Judge LaSalle, who was not on the Court of Appeals. He was on, he was the chief of the second department, appellate division, which is the appellate court below, immediately below the Court of Appeals. So, and they, they, incorrectly so, the legislature said, oh, he's too conservative. That's just wrong. He wasn't conservative. He would have been the first Hispanic uh, chief judge. He's a really nice guy. He's a really good judge. But for some reason, I don't know, the, the the winds turned against him. And that really stinks because he would have served our, our state very well. 
So now, on her second try, the governor appointed or has nominated Rowan D. Wilson. He has been uh, uh, on the Court of Appeals as an associate judge for the past six years. He was uh, put on that court by Governor Andrew Cuomo. Um, He is originally from California. Uh, He's a Harvard boy. He went to Harvard undergrad and then Harvard Law School. Um, and he clerked for a couple of judges. Then he went to a very prestigious law firm, Cravath, Swain, and more, where my buddy uh, Mark Green is pretty high-ranking official over there. So he mo- is being nominated to move over from an associate judge to the chief judge. So that means there has to be the associate position now has to be filled, and the uh, judge has nominated someone who actually is not a judge. Um, her name is Caitlin Halligan, H-A-L-L-I-G-A-N. And um, she is a lawyer, but she's had some very prestigious um, positions. Let's see. She served as the head of the Internet Bureau in the office of the New York State Attorney General's office. She served as first deputy solicitor general for the state of New York. Um, and from 2001 to 2007, served as Solicitor General of the State of New York. Oh, right. She went from the first deputy to the actual Solicitor General. General. So she was just, just so you know, the Solicitor General of the State of New York is the lawyer who argues in front of the Court of Appeals and occasionally in the in front of the Supreme Court of the United States of America, representing the State of New York in legal matters. So when the state gets sued for something. The state needs a lawyer, and that goes to the Solicitor General's office when it comes to arguing appeals. She has also served as the general counsel to the New York County District Attorney's office. That's where Alvin Bragg works, but I believe she did that, um, I think, under Vi- as Cyrus Vance. I don't think it was under Mr. Morgenthau. Espo, you know this woman, Ms. Halligan? Okay, John Esposito passed by my office, and he was uh, in the... Manhattan District Attorney's Office, where Miss Halligan worked. So, for us in the in the the world of the law, this is a big deal because now we know who um, <clears throat> who the judge wants to put where. There's also a judge, an appellate division judge, by the name of Joseph Zayas, Z A Y A S. He was the chief judge of Queens, um, and now he is on the appellate division. Um, but she has nominated him to be the chief administrative judge of the whole state of New York, which basically means he does a lot more managing and a lot less lawyering slash judging. Um, I'm a big fan of Judge Zayas, um, not only because he's half Italian, but I've had a couple of cases before him, and um, he was really a great judge and how he handled himself and um, down-the-middle kind of guy. Um, so that is the history that is going on that may, may be being made with a the first uh, black chief judge of the uh, Court of Appeals. <clears throat> um I will be arguing in front of the Court of Appeals in in the fall, supposedly. <laughs> we'll see what happens. Things change day by day. Um, but I do think I have another guest. Alex, is my friend Randy with us? Randy is here. Yes, he's on the line with us. So. Hello, Randy Berkowitz. How are you, young man? Hello, Arthur. How are you? I'm doing wonderful. So, um, Randy, you and I, well, you know my dad, correct? Oh, I know Lewis for many, many, many years, for at least 20, probably 25. And how long have you been in the world of court reporting? Well, I actually started in Bronx Supreme Court in 1983, 
and I went to Manhattan in 85, and I've been in Manhattan Supreme Court ever since. So, uh, obviously, we, we knew each other from uh, the Harvey Weinstein trial. Yes, that's where I actually first met Judge Caymans, too. And but now there's this other guy in my firm. You ever hear a guy named John Esposito? She, I, I hate to say it. I don't think I have. Well, actually, yes. John, John was a buddy of mine when he was in the DA's office. We were both there many. Well, he was there many, many years ago as the DA, and I've taken, I took quite a few of his trials. He really loves you. Fun. He absolutely he he loves you. And when when we found out that you were going to be the court reporter on the Harvey Weinstein trial, John was the one who said how lucky uh, we were to be there to, to, with you because, uh, you know, Randy, you don't know this, but one of the sponsors of my show is Plaza College, which is a court reporting school. And pe- people may think that this is a gimmick, that uh, that's why I asked you to be on today. But I asked you to be on today having nothing to do with that, but uh, but more just to give us a little bit of, of your perspective and maybe a play-by-play of what the um, what the scene was like with President Trump last week because you were the court reporter at his arraignment. Yes, it was. It was really indescribable. It was really the build up to it that was all that was chaotic. You know, from the moment everybody read in the news media that there was a grand jury and witnesses were testifying and indictment may be coming, may not be coming, you know, nobody really knew. And each day that passed I saw more media and more media in the streets. They had their little tents over on Center Street, they were lined up. And as each day got closer, it was just more chaotic, more people, more media. And then once they announced there was an indictment, and that's really when everything got a little crazy, where there was more people in the streets. And from my point of view as a court reporter, the build up to the actual arraignment for Donald Trump actually walking in the courtroom, it was it was surreal because you know you hear all the stories about a former president and you don't think something like that could actually take place in the county you are. And then again, it was just the build up to it from the moment he walked in the courtroom. It was just surreal is probably the best way to describe it. How, um, Randy, we're talking to Randy Berkowitz, who is the senior court reporter for New York County and the deputy principal court reporter. Um, first of all, Randy, when, when do you get word that you're covering the arraignment? Well, actually... We got word of that he was indicted. We knew he was going to come up to do the arraignment. And what happened was I was actually assigned to Part 59, which is Judge Michonne for that month, this, this term that he was indicted. And I was the scheduled reporter for that judge. So when the case happened to come, because I knew it was my judge for that term and I was going to be in that courtroom, plus the fact that it helped, you know, being on the Harvey Weinstein trial and being on many trials in the past, that I had the experience knowing what was going to be expected after the arraignment and what I was going to need to do with getting out copies of transcripts an hour or two after the arraignment and everybody basically, the media hinging and waiting for me to send out the transcripts. Because I've done it in the past, it was actually a big help because I've experienced things like this, obviously not with Donald Trump, but with Harvey Weinstein and other big cases in the past where they got the transcripts immediately sent to them. So at that point, I knew I was going to wind up being on the trial, being seniority in New York State for our job. 
it's a seniority-based system. So because I've been there so long and I am number one in seniority, I had a feeling it was going to wind up being my case. Gotcha. So we're talking to Randy Berkowitz, the uh, the court reporter. He's the senior court reporter for New York County and the deputy principal reporter. Um, Randy, th- were you nervous? Well, you know, I thought I would be nervous. I was more excited knowing that I was going to be part of history. You know, and once Donald Trump walked in the courtroom and it was like a whole different atmosphere and then once he sat at the defendant's table, I knew that what I had to do is basically concentrate on every word that everybody said. And instead of being nervous, I was actually excited and got into it knowing that because it was history, it was so important to get everything that was being said. I really didn't even think about it. So nerves really played no part in it. I was more nervous to build up than when it actually happened. So, Randy, I, I, here's a question. We're talking to Randy Berkowitz, who was the court reporter for the arraignment for Donald Trump. We talk about court reporting all the time here on, on our Plaza College because of our Plaza College sponsors. Randy, because of the unique aspect of this, did you have to go through any kind of secret secret service, you know, clearance or, uh, you know, go through a magnetometer or anything? I, I didn't. You know, I've been there many years, and before... Donald Trump is even set to be arraigned earlier in the morning. I went up to the courtroom to set up all my stuff, to set up my steno machine, and I actually met the Secret Service. They were on the floor on 15 where the arraignment was going to happen, and I introduced myself to them. So I actually took it upon myself to introduce myself to them so they know who I was. So that might have been part of the, you know, thing where I didn't have to go through any type of security because I worked there and they knew who I was. I got you. When- myself, so I didn't have to really do anything. Good. Oh, you you shouldn't have to. You're you're a fixture over there. I see. Uh, I see. You got a nice uh, article in Newsday on um, on Sunday. The meet the Long Island man who recorded history. So that's a, a pretty cool article you got there highlighting you. is a pretty picture of you seated in the courtroom. Um, Randy, when I came out of when I was there outside the courthouse, when Mr. Tacopina and Susan Necklace came out, um, the first question I asked them was like, what took so long? Because, as you know, an arraignment is usually seven minutes, ten, 10 minutes, the longest if you're talking about some scheduling issues. And they said that uh, a lot a big hunk of the time had to do with the lawyers for the media trying to get more access. Could you tell us a little bit about that? Well, what happened was because of the type of case it was, and you really couldn't have the regular general public in, the courtroom had seats for the media, and you also had a lot of security in the courtroom. And it really was not that much longer of an arraignment than most cases. It's just, you, you know, you walk in and it takes a few minutes to get settled. And then actually before that, there was an application that was made by the media, I guess, for video. So that actually took up about 10 minutes of time. So even though the case was scheduled to start at a certain time, you had that small proceeding involving the media. And then the arraignment probably was about a half hour. And I think it was just the fact of getting everybody settled and having everybody in place who needs to be in place between the court officers and the Secret Service. So it was a little more detailed than, obviously, any other arraignment. So I think that's really what was time-consuming, just setting everything up, knowing who was coming into the courtroom and making sure everything was secure and set, 
so that's really, you know, what happened, why it took a little longer than most surveillance would. All right. Well, which we had the pleasure today of speaking to Randy Berkowitz. He's the senior core reporter for New York County, the uh, deputy principal reporter. He's done cases, little, big, small, and everything in between. Um, the big, But this was obviously the biggest. I mean, the media crowd outside of the courthouse, Randy, uh, was the biggest ever, bigger than DSK, bigger than Harvey Weinstein. Uh, and you were in the yeah. thick of it as the court reporter. Anyone who knows Manhattan and has tried cases there or is part of that family knows who Randy is. He's a very handsome man, as you can see in his picture at oh, uh, News, News, Newsday on Saturday. So, uh, Randy, thank you for jumping on the phone. Thanks for giving us a little insight in what it was like being in that historic courtroom. You deserve it. I'm sure it's something you'll tell the, your family and they'll remember for the rest of their life. And warm regards from John Esposito, who's waving at me and said, tell Randy I said hello. Thank you, Arthur, and it's been a pleasure speaking to you and being on your show. And anytime you need me in the future, just give me a call. You know how to reach me. All right, ladies and gentlemen, here on the Idala Power Hour, we have Randy Berkowitz, the senior court reporter who was right there in the thick of the Trump arraignment. And um, he's he's just a great guy. I mean, and there's a lot of pressure on lawyers getting transcripts uh, that the night of so you can prepare for the morning of. The, the next morning and during the Weinstein case, Randy was spectacular. All right, we're going to take a quick break. Bottom of the hour, we're going to come back. I want to talk a little bit about the car show, and I don't, we'll see what else pops up. Don't go anywhere. We'll have some fun. Hi, Kevin McCullough. Wish there was an easier way to navigate the world of real estate. If only there was a way to learn from the best. Well, now there is. Saturdays at 10, our very own Dottie Herman, vice chair of Douglas Elliman, gives you the inside track to what is hot in real estate. Stay one step ahead in today's seller's market as Dottie gives her tips on how to make it through the tricky waters. Doesn't matter if you're new to the game or a seasoned vet. You need to listen to Eye on Real Estate. Dottie and her team of experts will guide you as sellers and buyers to make sure you're getting the best value for your property. Whether you want to become a real estate agent or work within the business, there is no better person to learn from than the great Dottie Herman. Why? Because she is the best. Period. <laughs> so tune in. Eye on Real Estate. Saturdays at 10 on AM 970, The Answer. That's Eye on Real Estate. Saturday mornings at 10 o'clock on AM 970, The Answer. So let's talk about Plaza College and court reporting. Um, I, you know, I can't do a better commercial for court reporting than you just had talking to Randy Berkowitz. It is just such a cool and exciting part of the legal field where you have power. Um, and you make some guilt. Trust me, you make some money doing that, especially on those big trials. Um, but Plaza College, which has been around since 1916, besides the School of Court Reporting, also has their new school of nursing. Um, they have an accelerated Bachelor of Science in Nursing program that can be completed in just 16 months. Students complete their curriculum in the new Center for Healthcare Simulation on Plaza's campus and within the best hospital systems in New York City. Plaza also has a dental hygiene program with a 20-chair community clinic. Students work on live patients under the supervision of a dentist. It is incredible. If you want additional information regarding the programs I mentioned or Plaza's other areas of study, like their School of Business and Paralegal Studies, or their School of Allied Health, just visit their website at plazacollege.edu. That's plaza, P-L-A-Z-A, college.edu. 
My name is Imran Ansari, and I lead the Civil Litigation Division of Idala, Bertuna, and Kamins. Suffering an injury in an accident can be a life-changing experience. Whether you've been involved in a car accident, a construction site accident, a slip and fall, or injured because of someone else's negligence, we can help. Our team of experienced trial attorneys will never settle for less than what you are owed. We are always ready to go to court to fight for you and seek justice. If you have been injured because of someone else's negligence, you have legal rights and may be entitled to significant money to compensate you for your pain and suffering. Hiring the right attorney is important. The combined experience of the lawyers at Idala, Bertuna, and Kamins will be able to lead you through the personal injury lawsuit process and aggressively fight for the best result. If you or a loved one have been injured in an accident, don't delay. Call 212-486-0011, 212-486-0011, or visit us at idalalaw.com. Idala, Bertuna, and Kamins, fighting for justice, fighting for you. You know why I enjoy telling you about hemp leaf? Because I use it myself. I use it basically every day. Every day I take a shower. I will tell you, there are days I don't take a shower. Not work days, but like, I don't think, did I take one Saturday? I did. I took it late Saturday before I went to the mass. But when I do take a shower and I step out and I'm all still a little damp, that's when I put hemp leaf's shea butter base cream on my head, my neck, uh, sometimes on my calves, um, my shins, I should really say, more than my calves. Trying to keep everything, you know, nice and nice and, and, and looking youthful and refreshed. Um, their, their cream and butters, you know, they go on to, uh, like a little heavy at first. Like it's not uh, watery at all. But it's amazing how it soaks right into your skin. Really, really amazing. Um, in the shower, I use their liquid black soap, which uh, cleans me from head to toe. And the cool thing that I like as being the native New Yorker here is that all of their natural botanical products are manufactured right here in Long Island, New York. They're all vegan-friendly and cruelty-free. They also have this icy pot cream that you can put on your sore muscles after your workout. And the young ladies can use the heel Ixer on their feet after running around on those five-inch heels all day. So remember, Hemp Leaf, they do not put anything on your body that you would not put in your body. So visit them at www.hempleaf, H-E-M-P-L-I-E-F.com. That's www.hempleaf.com. And mention the name Arthur at checkout, and you'll get 10% off. Listen to us online at am970theanswer.com. Tune in, iHeart, Alexa, or odyssey.com. We're back to the Arthur Idala Power Hour with New York City's preeminent trial attorney and quintessential New Yorker, attorney Arthur Idala. So I hear this song, and I'm pretty sure this is from Cars. Could be from Cars too. That's the, been the cool part of having my, my two boys back-to-back. Well, not exactly back-to-back, but uh, Luca and Arthur. And luckily, they both love uh, the movies Cars. There's one, two, and three. Uh, I would have to say that I don't know if it's Cars 1 or Cars 2, but if you ask me what movie have I seen um, with the, the, the most times in my life. It's one of those two movies. It's either Cars or Cars 2 because both Luca and Arthur both love them. And that's, I mean, they want us to watch it over. I mean, they got the, every line memorized. Um, and it's a big car week here in New, New York City because it's the car show. And um, I will tell you one of my fondest memories 
was, uh, now I may mess this up, but my dad will know. My dad took me to the car show. I mean, I've been going since a little boy. But I think in 1989, it was either 89 or 90, and it was the coolest thing because we went to the car show, we looked at all the cars, and then we left the car show, and we walked uh, up on the west side up to, the, so the Javits is like on 34th and 11th. We walked basically a mile to 54th, 55th and 11th to a car dealership that's still there but under different ownership called Zumbach. And it is still, even going through all of these iterations between 1990 and today, it still is an Alfa Romeo dealership. It was Saab for a while. Now it's Alfa Romeo Maserati. Um, and I think maybe they cram a couple of Fiats in there. Um, but my dad and I left the car show and we walked to the dealership and bought a Alfa Romeo 164 um, L, which is the luxury model. There was the base, the L, and the S. Um, if my mom knew how to drive stick shift, we would have gotten the S, but that wasn't going to happen. So uh, we had to get the automatic, the green exterior, and the tan leather interior, which that car is in that exact car. All these years later, with 111,000 miles, is in my driveway right now. Uh, I drove it last weekend. Uh, it's a great car, but it's there's something so cool about going to the car show and then actually going to buy a car in the same breath. But to hear a little bit more about what's going on at the Javits Center this week, let's bring in our friend, Lauren Fix. Hello, Grandma Fix. Hey, how are you? Well, I'm Gigi. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, in our world, the reason you wouldn't want to be Gigi was my son called my wife's grandmother, who just left us a year ago, Gigi for great-grandma. So that's that's why in our world, Gigi means great-grandma. Yeah, Yeah, I'm well aware. So what's going on at the Javits Center, Lauren? What's going on at the Javits Center? Well, the New York Auto Show is back. You know, it's funny, during COVID, there wasn't much of a show. And last year, there really was kind of a show. This year, we actually have cars. We have reveals. We have celebrities. It's, It's very exciting. And everything is at the Javits Center, including... The ability to drive electric cars, if you're thinking I might want to drive one to see what it's like, you can drive one down in the basement they have that as well as they've got all kinds of tuner cars, there's trucks, there's sports cars, there's some exotic cars there, it's pretty cool. Um, I did a video and posted it, but also you'll see the World Car of the Year winners are there, almost all of them, the only one that isn't is Citroen because we don't sell it here, but uh, Hyundai is there and Lucid and some really fabulous cars, the biggest one... A lot of them, I'll give you the highlights of the big reveals, was the all-new, all-electric 2025 Ram 1500 called the Rev because it has 500 miles of range. Of course, you got to buy the bigger battery for that, uh, but it has an optional onboard charger and capable of towing 14,000 miles. It looks really good. I have to say, all the electric vehicles all look good. They tease you and compel you into looking at the vehicle. So I'd love to see, you know, more and more of this technology coming into play. Uh, I'm not necessarily the biggest EV fan personally, but you should be able to buy one if you want one. That's the key. Um, That means that the car of the year for World Car of the Year was the 23 Hyundai Ioniq 6. Uh, And they also signed an exclusive partnership with Disney for a 100-year anniversary. So you're going to see the Disney Ioniq 5 there. If you're a Disney fan, you want to see what they're up to. They actually did a whole trim level that's Disney. Uh, and then they also. So hold on, hold on. What, what, what's the trim level that's Disney? Is it like Tinkerbell or something in, in the headlights? Uh, no, they, 
No, it's not that cool. That would be really cool, wouldn't it? Uh, just that they have a whole theme about it. You, you can see it. It's on the stand. You can go up and take a look at it, and they've got a lot of Disney theme to it. The idea is that it's 100 years of Disney, and so in the commercials, you start seeing Hyundai Ionic 5, which are great cars. They were last year's car of the year. Tell me about the, the any of the exotics that you saw, you know, cars that we'll never oh. be able to afford but just admire. Well, there was a Rimmick there. Now, people don't necessarily know what that is. If you're a Top Gear fan from the TV show, uh, one of the hosts wrecked a Rimmick, but um, it's an all-electric Supercar, super fast, really cool piece. Uh, there was also a Lamborghini there that was really nice. I, anything Lamborghini, I'm, I'm a fan of. There was Rolls Royces and Bentleys. Uh, I'm trying to think what else. There's a McLaren, two McLarens there. There was a Pagani, some really high end, super. Yeah, the, yeah the, I saw a Pagani down in Florida for the first time. If you got two million bucks, that two million bucks, yeah. that's a pretty nice car. Um, that's a lot of money. Yeah. Yeah, that's a lot of money. You know what car I don't I don't see anymore, but I, I know they still sell them. And I know they sell them here at the dealership is um the Lotus. I'm sure does there Lotus have a Lotus presence? There. there was. Yes, they did. There was an Elise there, yes. And oh, I put that... the video uh, I put them in my video that's on my YouTube channel Car Coach Reports cuz a lot of you are interested in the exotics. And there were a lot of normal cars too. We don't want anyone to think, you know, there was no. the Frost Truck Wilderness. There's it's a real mix. There was a, the three-row Kia EV9. Uh, oh, and if you really want something crazy, the 24 Dodge Challenger Demon 170 with 1,025 horsepower. It's, um, I will tell you, it's a good place for people. Look, if you're really looking to buy a car and you don't know eh, the Honda Accord versus the Toyota Camry versus the Nissan Maxima, like, you know, you just walk a hundred feet away, although I don't think they might, they make the Maxima anymore, but you just walk a hundred feet away and you could sit in each car, see the size of the trunk, see the size of the back seat. You can get some information on each car. Yeah. The kids make the decision. Don't let anyone kid you. If the kids, if the kids get in the back of a minivan, they go, I don't like this. I don't like it. Then they're going to move to a different minivan or they're going to move to an SUV. So the kids truly have an impact on your purchase decision. There is no doubt about that. I can remember with my sister, one of the reasons, I mean, my father loved the Alfa Romeo brand, but when we went in and had a sunroof, this is 1979, we were yeah. going from a used Chevy Caprice Classic, which was huge, yeah. to this Alfetta four-door sedan, but it had a sunroof. My sister and I lost our mind. Lauren Fix, thank you yeah. so much. Thank you for your update, and thank you for always being with us. Um, enjoy the week. Thank you. All I right. will. You too. We will. All right. We're going to come back and we're going to wrap up the show. We got one more little guest we're going to sneak in. Um, and um, I don't know. I, I, I will hang out with Alex and we'll talk about basketball or baseball or whatever Alex wants to I'm talk I'm awake. About. Don't worry. About All right. Here. We'll be right back, folks. Don't go anywhere. I'm feeling nice wrapped around my shoulder and I had a feeling Involve a high degree of risk and actual results may vary. Oil and natural gas keep going up as the Russia conflict escalates. Get in on the next major oil boom now and help the U.S. with your patriotic investment that can potentially pay you monthly income for up to 20 or more years. 
That's the sound of a producing oil well and the sound of a smart investment. If you're an SEC-accredited investor and have at least 25000 liquid now, you can take advantage of Encore Energy's projects and a huge tax savings for this year. If you invest in oil and natural gas, you're allowed to write off nearly 100% of your investment in the first year. Goldman Sachs is projecting oil to go up to $100 a barrel, and natural gas is the fuel of the future and trading at record prices. Call 800-287-6691. Encore Energy is a major your investor and experienced operator in its core area of operations. Call now and learn how to deduct 100% of your investment and create 20 or more years of potential monthly income. Call 800-287-6691. That's 800-287-6691. All right, let's talk about Italy. I love Italy. I love going to Italy. I love going on tours and learning stuff in Italy. Well, you know what? The best of the best of the best is Perillo Tours. 78 years they've been in business doing tours to obviously Italy, but also Hawaii, Spain, and Greece. Now, what could be better than a Perillo Tour in and of itself? A Perillo Tour with Joe Piscopo accompanying you. Steve Perillo and Joe have put together a very special Rome and Sicily customized tour. Three nights in Rome, you'll see all the good stuff, and then a great dinner with Piscopo where he's going to perform for you. Next, you're going to fly to Sicily for three nights. Taromina is where you're going to be your, your anchor point. But then you're going to go to Savoca, Forza di Agro. And you're going to go to these little towns where they actually film the movie The Godfather. A wonderful wine tasting at Mount Etna, which is spectacular. And then on to Palermo for three additional nights before you fly home. The dates are October 18th to 28th. October 18th to 28th. Call Perillo Tours at 800 800- 431-1515-1800-431-1515 or read about the tour on perillotours.com Kevin McCullough is next on AM 970 The Answer Can I kick it? Can I kick it? Can I kick it? Well I'm going Can I kick it? To my tribe that flows in layers Right now, all right, Alex. I have a question for you, real quick. Yes, you said sir. to me, uh, you sent me something about um, whether P. Diddy has to pay Sting for uh, his song that he samples, the "Every Breath You Take" song. Is that accurate or inaccurate? No, this was as of April seventh. It was reported that he said it was a joke that he doesn't actually have to pay it. So it. It seems like he was just having a little fun with his friend Sting. So I just thought you might find that interesting. So it was reported that in the, in the media that Sting was getting $5,000 a day, I think, or something like that. <laughs> Correct. For um, not getting approval to play Every Breath You Take on one of uh, P. Diddy's songs. But that was actually some sort of an April Fool's joke. Sounds like it, yes. And, you know, I'm, I, it's fun. I just thought you got a kick out of that. So that's why I sent it to you. So. All right. I want to bring on the line Uncle Frank Muratore. He is running another uh, car show, a little bit smaller than the one at the Javits Center. It's called the Wheels of Wisdom Car Show, and it's to benefit the Daughters of Wisdom. Hello, Uncle Frank. How are you? I'm great. I'm great. I really am. Tell me, and, tell, uh, Uncle Frank, show. tell me a little bit about this car show. Okay, it's the, it's the Daughters of Wisdom first car show. Uh, we never had a car show before. Uh, my brothers at the KFC are helping run it, and it's going to be a great show. We're going to have uh, 19 different categories, 1920s through today, stock and modified. Um, there's going to be a DJ. It's going to be food. Um, free to spectators. And it's Saturday, June 10th, 
2023, parking lot of St. Mary's Church in East Islip, okay, from 11 to 3, okay? It, it will be a great event. Um, we're lining up cars. My brothers at the KFC and I are going out to car shows now and handing out flyers to try to get people there. I'm what sure is the K? What is the KFC? The Knights of Columbus. That's what I thought. Okay. I'm just making sure. But where's the F from? Knights of Columbus. Of Columbus, right? Should it be KOC? <laughs> yeah. I right. thought you. Was, I thought you. I, okay. And so let me ask something. <laughs> you need to educate me. What are the Daughters of Wisdom? Daughters of Wisdom is a, is a group. It's a, it's a Catholic nuns group. Who they're actually founded uh, Long Island Hospitals, Good Sam, and and uh, also Saint Charles, and. and uh, they have been treating patients for years since 1949. They actually uh, had had patients that had polio, and they were treating them way back. They're in 21 countries all over the world. Okay, it's a religious group. Uh, some of the nuns are retired, but they still do a lot of good. They uh, the mission statement includes uh, help people experiencing injustice, violence, poverty, and and oppression, especially women and children. It's a great group. We're trying to do some good for them. We're trying to raise some money for them to help them out. It's going to be a good car show. Well, this seems like a great way to do it. So Saturday, June 10th, and as it gets closer, uh, Uncle Frank, we will we'll bring it. We'll make sure we bring bring it to people's um, uh, attention. I just want to um, thank you for coming on. Um, you know, I love people who help. Uh, other people and this is you know the daughters of wisdom are people who help other people and obviously you're helping the daughters of wisdom so thank you very much and obviously i'm a little bit of a car guy so uh you know this is right up my alley so we got a little time show up at the show you show up at the show it'll be good to see you i'll buy you a hot dog how's that all right thank you very much all right, so we'll talk about that as it gets closer. Before we wrap up the show, I want to talk to Alex Garrett for a second. Alex, what's going on in the world of sports? It's it's you know April. It's getting warm out. The Yankees are playing. The, well, the, wait the a minute. We Nets got your Nets in there in the playoffs. The, the we got Nets, the Knicks the in Knicks. the playoffs. Come on, this is going to be a great spring. We got the Rangers, Islanders, and Devils. You know, pretty much in there. Well, I, I'm excited for this April. I don't know about you, Arthur, but. You know, from what we've seen with the Nets, they've had their stumbles, but they've really come on strong here, and, yeah, they're in the playoffs. Are, are you surprised as a Net fan how the season, you know, went? Yeah. From trading away pro- KD and Kyrie, and now they're in the playoffs with Dinwiddie, just, right? So. Just so people know, when the, the basketball season started in, I guess, early November, um, the Nets were, like, favored to win the whole thing because they had two of the greatest players with Kyrie Irving and uh, um, Kevin Durant. Um, and then Durant gets hurt. Kyrie Irving basically does a pretty good job carrying the team. Their, their record was not that bad considering their superstar was out. Then Kyrie Irving asks for a trade. So he gets traded. And I forget the guys they got back. I think Dim Woody was one of them. And then the next day or two days later, Kevin Durant asks for a trade and they got some more guys back. And everyone was like, okay, the season's over. The season's over. I told the people who I buy my tickets from, I'm like, listen, you guys better reduce the prices, etc. But they've actually done okay. I mean, they went from being in, I think they were in fourth place um, when they when those two superstars left. And I, now they're in sixth place, which means that guarantees them a, a spot in the playoffs. 
So we shall see. And the Knicks are kicking some butt as well. So will there'll be like real basketball going on here in New York. Um, there's been some real baseball with the New York Yankees. They've been doing well. The Mets, not so much. Alex, they have a bunch of injuries. The Mets are supposed to be great this year, but I think they're 5-5, five and five, and they really haven't played great this year. They haven't, and you know, they invest in that big scoreboard, so of course you'd want to win with that big scoreboard, but the injuries have played them, and I don't know, it just they're, they're, they just be making mistakes. But I'll tell you, one of the storyline with sports, Tiger Woods withdrawing in the third round of the Masters. Yeah, are you a golf guy? Do you think it's done for Tiger or what? You, you know, he's one of those guys you could never count out. But um, obviously, his his body is giving out. You know, he's been playing for. 20-something, 25 years, 27 years, I don't even know. And his hips, his knees, his shoulders, his, basically everything is, is uh, breaking down on him. I know people were very focused on the Masters. Um, I, uh, I, I, I really have to have nothing to do to be watching golf. I mean, it's nice to have on in the background or whatever, but for me to, like, sit down and get invested – um, and it's, and I'm a big radio guy. So I listen to John Sterling and Susan Woman on the radio all the time. I listen to the Nets on the radio all the time. I listen to football on the radio all the time. You can't really Did you listen. have a Walkman growing up listening yeah, to that? Course, I know I did, at, listening course. to these guys. So Yeah, I still have a Walkman. There's a Walkman sitting on my desk right now. I, I, I have a transistor radio that – no, my desk at home. I have a transistor radio that I plug in and I listen to, and it's, it has a cassette player. It has a cassette player. I just got it like a couple of months ago. So, um, listen, it's a good time to be in the city of New York. Um, we get we have like some great guests lined up the next two or three weeks. We have like, some exciting stuff coming down the pipe. We have a lot of law. Uh, we have a lot of entertainment. We have a lot of New York stuff. We're talking about some remotes to do at Grand Central back in Times Square. We're going to do some stuff downtown. There's the new South Street Seaport that's set up. So, you know, we're all about bringing you guys a piece of New York City um, here every night at, uh, at around 6 o'clock, sometimes at 6.04, sometimes at 6.05. Um, so we got a good week ahead of us with Alex behind the boards. Sam Bellino is still licking his wounds from all of that matzo ball soup. Joni will be here driving us crazy, as only she can do in such a charming way. And uh, we hope you guys have a great Monday night, and let's all look forward to having a great week together. See you tomorrow, folks. The Arthur Idala Power Hour is sponsored by Idala Bertuna and Cammons, PC. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.